Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nyler Nine podcast. It is our final podcast of 2020 and uh, following on from our best of 2020 uh, albums and songs episode on this episode, myself and Andrea Cleary. Hello. Hi. Um, are going to be awarding some podcast uh, awards, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> last year we did this for the first time. It's basically everything that doesn't fit anywhere else and uh, just stuff to talk about that happened this year so that's the vibe that's where we're at that's what we're going to do um Andrea how are you I'm I'm good thank you it's uh it's been a week of not reviewing music and I think it's the first week of the year that I haven't been reviewing music so odd yeah it's good when you have to do everything like that sometimes I I enjoy the end of the year because I keep saying for that reason but um so what we're going to talk about is just some stuff that happened this year some stuff that um i guess we just liked that didn't fit in anywhere else maybe stuff we've also talked about a little bit but maybe in a little bit more depth uh, depth um so what are we going to start with um hmm well i guess we'll start it's with opening st- our bottles of prosecco now yeah maybe we should do that last year we listened back to the <laughs> podcast awards uh last uh from last year we were both in the same room it was all very exciting uh we had Prosecco this year. Uh, you have Prosecco and I have some... My, uh, my Prosecco is a screw top because I'm a little baby and I don't like <laughs> opening scary okay. Prosecco. Well, I've got an 8.4 Belgian beer, triple caramelite, so I'm going to open that now. That's your beer. Oh. Here we go. Woo! Okay. It's done. It's done. Um, I have a Riondo Prosecco Doc Frizzante from mm. Italy. Mm. It was 13 euro and the cheapest in the shop. Very good. This is 8.4. It's very strong. Okay. Oh, dear. 
So what we're going to do is um, if you haven't listened to our album or songs from last week or the last two weeks, you should go and do that. Um, so I'm going to talk about, uh, first of all, I want to just get into something very specific because something I put up the albums of 2020 uh, on the site yesterday on 909.com. You can have a look at that. Um, and as I was kind of saying last week, you know, it is surprising to me that um, if you would have told me at the start of this year that Dua Lipa's Future Nostalgia would have been my album of the year, I would have been kind of laughing at you a bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, in the process of writing about albums and writing back about the stuff that happened this year, um, I think I kind of crystallized why it is that uh, I love about the album so much and why it's gave me so much joy. So I wrote a piece about it yesterday um, and it really just gave me a bit of a, a lift just to do that. It's nice when you know, like your actual job helps you uh, understand <laughs> the things you like sometimes, you know what I mean? It is. So it is, it is a good thing. So maybe I'll just read it a little bit. I think specifically um, what I love about the Future Nostalgia album is that Okay, I'll just read out the bit that I wrote yesterday just to give you some context of where I'm coming from. Um, so this is about future nostalgia from um, Dua Lipa. In a year where escapism was a paramount and personal concern and music with immediacy became a safety net, for me personally anyway, Dua Lipa's second album provided so much joy, elevation and pure pop giddiness. Future Nostalgia was my year's finest record because it never stopped giving. It was one of the smartest, most thrilling pop albums in a long time. Made with care of its influences, love of its sounds, charming in its delivery and brandishing delight at the tapestry of classic music that acts as its touchstones. <clears throat> All of the great hits of disco, funk, R&B, soul, house and electro-pop in one effortlessly cool but supremely detailed package. It rarely feels touched by pop music, market testing or machinations. It's never cynical in its tone or calculated beyond belief. It's calculated only in its follow-through with complete love with the genre it genres it engages even the accompanying club version put together by the blessed madonna puts a sparkling emphasis on this durable source material julibus pointillistic vocals pack so many supreme compact hooks into the song structures that even the ad-libs refrains and backing vocals should be taught as an exemplar of the power of modern pop songcraft right so i'm going to focus on that last bit there about the specifically about the power of compact songwriting uh, in regards to this album and what they've done in such a a, a tight, beautiful way for me. Um, here's the start of the song, Cool, um, which we talked about before. But uh, just to, I want you to just listen to the backing vocals, the ad-libs, the refrains, this thing that are, you are hearing around the main vocal or how the main vocal is delivered, because these are the kind of things that really elevated uh, this music for me this year. So here's Cool.
Okay, that was uh, Julie Plus Cool. Just to give you an example of what I'm honing in on here, specifics about, you know, the kind of uh, production and um, shimmering reverb and stuff like that that happens around the songs, around the the vocals that really lifted this album for me. Um, Pretty Please is another one where it kind of repeats itself with Pretty and Please being in one lyric line and being in the next, starting the next one as well. It's just done really, really well. There's loads of examples like that. There's actually, last night, there's a new Song Exploder season and Julipa's, uh is the first episode of it, which is uh, about the song Love Again, just how that came about and with her songwriters and stuff. And I think that's a really interesting um, <coughs> episode if you want to watch that. Um, so there is our first award. Um, for excellence in songwriting excellence in songwriting exactly so uh, Andrea what would you like to start with from your perspective Um, I'm going to start with so this year I listened to probably more music that wasn't released this year than I did music that was released this year Um, for a few reasons but I think a lot of people kind of joined me in that kind of feeling of turning back to the record collection, having a bit more time to spend um, with old albums that you love already, but also discovering music from the before times that you might not have got around to yet. Um, so an album that, or a band that I sort of not discovered, like, I mean, I was aware of them, I knew some of their songs, but a, a band that I kind of drilled down into and really listened to this year was the New Pornographers. Just hadn't really had the time to give them um before this year but I fell in love with uh, their album Mass Romantic uh, which I think is like regarded as being their best album um and it's the album that I started with um and I just found it so elating and joyous and it just got me really excited about getting into a band that I sort of thought I knew a little bit about but didn't know anything about you know that 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 feeling of like oh this has been sitting here in my collection for so long and I just haven't given it the time so yeah my podcast award for best band that I've semi-discovered this year uh goes to the new pornographers it's the song mass romantic from the album mass romantic from the same album um i'm actually only familiar with their twin cinema album from 2005 i think oh yeah um, like in full you should check out mass romantic it's really kind of um energetic and just cool and unique 
Cool. Um, I have been listening to just Steely Dan this year. That's been it. Have you? <laughs> Pretty much in my spare time when I'm not Ste- like listening to the new music, it's Steely Dan. You know, Ste- Steely Dan is an artist that I never got into either. Oh, they're just great. I love my dad's, yeah. my dad's favorite bands. And uh, yeah, they're just, you know, it's smooth and jazzy and poppy and all of those things. And mm. uh, just classic. It's very classic. And I went back to a lot of that this year even to the point where I was cycling home and I had it in my pocket <laughs> yeah just like playing one of the albums uh during the week um so yeah I've been really enjoying that uh, as we speak there is a live stream happening from other voices from Guinness storehouse called home and uh, villagers is currently on now um and uh so with that in mind I think it's obviously we spent a lot of time this year talking about restrictions and gigs it's a year that we didn't have gigs in really um and they all stopped in the first week in March pretty much and uh, so that wasn't great um <laughs> but no. you know what one of the things we've all learned to um enjoy a bit more is uh, live streamed gigs and there was very some very prominent examples this year so um I think we all would uh, agree that um we've talked about this before you've written a great piece about it um, Denise Chyla, um at Other Voices uh, Courage earlier this year was one of the first ones to really lift it um, really just a fantastic performance in the Nash Gal in the National Gallery <laughs> um, I heard Andrea Horn <laughs> describe the National Gallery as the Nash Gal I was like that's so gas I um, love that <laughs> the Nash Gal um, so yeah obviously you know in terms of the performance, it had a lot of weight to it because of where it was. The National Gallery is uh, an institution. Um, it is not used to having black Irish performers in it um, or on its walls, probably, really. But it was such a powerful performance that it actually put a lot of people's backs up, a lot of uh, uh, racists, basically, um, backs up. But uh, I think there were a lot more people cheering uh, Denise and God knows on and the DJ replay in that performance than anything else. So here's a quick um sound um clip of uh, Denise and God knows doing Man Like Me in the National Gallery. I know sexism, sexism don't know you. I know classism, classism don't know you. I know racism, racism don't know you. Hey, hey big up all the girls in, in here. here. They never turn another girl down in here. here. If they don't put some respect on your name, you have the right to go mad in here. Big up all the man them in here. Eyes wide open, aware in here. Even with the wasteland crowd in here, there's too many man on my team to care like me, man like me. You ain't never seen a man like me. Big girls in, make a look on my crutch. You man like gum when he's got nuts. He said man like me. Man like me, you ain't never seen a man like me. Big girl ting, make a little man cry. You a man like gum when he's got no teeth. You ain't got no teeth. Let me hear you say it. You ain't got no teeth. Right, that was Denise and God knows. I mean, such a powerful performance. I remember where it was. Um, it was a sunny day uh, when that was uh, broadcast and myself and Simon from Lumo were sitting in a field nearby the canal and uh, having some cans. And we had that on the phone. Mm. And it was such a powerful performance that night. I just felt you saw a lot of um, really like just powerful 
you know, it felt a lot of, it felt like a huge moment. It really was the moment that launched Denise. We've been obviously talking about Denise and uh, for quite a while, but, um, you know, it really was the moment where she was launched into the public consciousness this mm. year. And uh, as I will, <coughs> I think uh, I'll say it so you don't have to. You should read uh, Andrea's piece in the Journal of Music about that show. It's a Thank great you. piece. So That was a really fun thing, actually, because um, I watched that show and was just completely blown away by it hadn't stopped thinking about it and then the next day I got a call from uh the editor of the Journal of Music Tony Quinn um he was basically just like did you see Denise Trial at at the uh National Gallery last night and I was like yes we spent about 15 minutes just talking about how amazing it was and talking about and he was just like okay go go write something on it and so I was obviously delighted to do that but um I I was looking back there was um I saw some people maybe starting a couple of threads about like work that they'd done that year and stuff. Um, and so I was kind of looking back at pieces I'd written this year and, and things. And I think I've, I've definitely written more on Denise Chyla than I have on any other topic. And I'd like to put myself forward as being Ireland's foremost Denise Chyla <laughs> scholar. Um, and, and you probably talked to her more than anyone else other than myself probably. This yeah. Year, we um, talked to her for like two hours. Yes, and then I, I also I had um a interview with her for the for the business post as well, which was amazing. Um so yeah, if anyone wants to challenge me on being Ireland's foremost Denise Tyler scholar, please do, because more people should be writing about her. Denise Denise is the scholar of Ireland, though. She's the scholar of all of us. She understands things that I can only one day dream to hope to understand. Um yeah, yeah she's, she's she's a very thoughtful person and uh she's amazing. Very, interesting person to talk to and you can hear our chat with uh, Denise in one of the podcasts from I think it was May or so I think we did that um, yeah something like that May or June um, so you can go back and listen to Denise and God knows I'm really in, in a room with us uh, when we were allowed to do those things briefly um, other live streams that uh, I really enjoyed this year and that made a big impression overall I would say are the Merry Wallopers home, at home live shows broadcast from their gaff where they build a pub and they're doing another one next week I think on the 23rd um, of December so that is this is a band who basically do trad ballads and uh, and originals and they have been doing a sterling job of of capturing and, and broadcasting that to the world and really picking up a brand new audience at the same time and uh, it's really been thrilling to see that happen for them mm-hmm. um, and I think just generally other voices all this year um, I know we're Irish and but I have not seen, I mean, I'm sure there are equivalent um, productions happening around the world that we're not privy to. But um, the fact that they have shone a light and reflected back on uh, the music that's been happening here and the artists and the voices that were suddenly um, silenced in lots of ways um, this year because I couldn't gig has been a really brilliant thing. And I'm thinking um, specifically, look, there's been so many, but I'm, they're doing one right now with uh, Mango and Matman and Loa currently singing in the Guinness Storehouse, I can see on my screen. But uh, for those I love and other voices, um, uh, early, early December, Down the Dingle, live from the church, debut live performance from David Balfe and a really powerful and moving thing, a very raw and visceral performance as well. Um, just a really special thing to witness. Um, and it's it's been a it's been a rare time this year where we've had community around things. Mm. Uh, I, I'm thinking there's a couple of other uh, events like the Ireland Music Week, where a lot of where 50 new bands played <clears throat> online. 
And it was a real sense of community in that mm-hmm. as well, in the chat, in terms of like <clears throat> joking about getting people points and stuff like that. Just very simple things. But I, it really, that camaraderie really um, fed into the idea that, you know, we are all in this together and there is um, something we can all do. Um, so that was a very, um, yeah, that was a great thing. That was a great thing. Um, but I agree. And I think you said it beautifully. <laughs> For me, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to um, Lancome at the Abbey Theatre for their performance of A National Disgrace. Um, for me, that was one of the big sort of um, community-based live stream moments that happened because, you know, I was I was reviewing it. So I, I was like sitting and watching it with my pen and paper and like, checking in on Twitter to see what people were saying but it was just one of those nights where it was like everybody was just talking about the same thing all of my friends were watching it people were texting me I remember I was texting Dave Hanready of No Encore beforehand and we were pretending that like we were gonna meet up in a bar beforehand and walk over to the Abbey together and it was just one of those nights where it it all kind of really hit me and I felt really sad about it but at the same time, I was so grateful that we have to to uh, to butcher a quote. We have the technology um, that we can do these things and that we can bring people together with music in this way. Um, I think I I in particular have a lot of negative things to say about like technology and what it's doing to us, but that is one of the one of the main benefits of the world that we're living in is that we're able to kind of experience these things all at the same time, all at once and kind of at least feel like we're together even, even when we're not. So yeah, the uh, Lancome performance uh, at the Abbey Theatre was just so much more than what the performance was. The performance was brilliant, but it just felt bigger than that. It just felt bigger than, than what it was actually doing. And that's, yeah. And I think it was a marker of the kind of, um, maturation of the live stream stuff Mm. here in terms of how they did it and presented it like a kind of a cinematic um Mm. experience with or theatrical experience really where you're bringing in people like tony cantwell and um going backstage and seeing kneecap play a song in the dressing rooms and stuff like that Mm. just to really lifted it and and gave it hey look we can do something else that isn't just like one camera one band and we can yeah. do something a bit different and uh, I want to give some honourable mentions excuse me to other things I, I watched this year including uh, Roisin Murphy's live stream apparently there was according to Mixcloud when I was looking at it, the stream there was 250,000 people watching that at one point Wow, um, which is crazy um, I also really enjoyed uh, Jewel Lipa's uh, Studio 2054 performance very much a big brash pop performance with loads of people and loads of dancers and stuff um, really, really kind of felt like a bit of an event as well and watched mm. that with a couple of friends. So that was a really nice thing to do. And then um, it was broadcast live, um, but I watched it back is, uh, and I mentioned it before, is Yeji's Boiler Room. Um, I have a question for you though. What is it like to um, review a live gig, or a live streamed gig? It's odd. It's it's handy because it was available to me for 24 hours afterwards. <laughs> yeah. um, you didn't and misremember if all. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure you know yourself from your from your gig reviewing days um, that <laughs> you're not always like in the best state when you go to a gig. Uh, even if you're if you're going there to review it, you might show up in 
slightly worse for wear state than than you intended to. It's very, very difficult to take notes at a gig, um, depending on the gig. But yeah, very difficult. And uh, doing it from the comfort of your own bedroom where you can sit and take notes is actually really nice. And you can rewind <laughs> and go back. And so, I mean, I definitely it, it has its benefits, but um i do miss the feeling of waking up the night after a gig that you're reviewing and being like i don't remember anything and having to like go back in your head look at your phone notes and then it all kind of comes flooding back and you kind of experience it for the second time again um but yeah i stopped i stopped getting too drunk too drunk at gigs um pretty early on in my gig reviewing career because it's it's a mistake don't do it (laughs) uh can i uh, give an honorable mention to nilo at um other voices as well yeah yeah, yeah i just one, yeah. i just saw his i mean his album from this year uh is, is one, one of my favorite albums that come out this year and i thought his performance was so charming and moving and brilliant i loved the sound of him with the band i loved that he was he was really open about how nervous he was but as soon as he starts performing it's like just this this other thing takes over him and he's just this performer. Um, He played piano in public for the first time on other voices. (laughs) Um, I just thought, I thought he did a really, really wonderful job. I was really moved by his performance. Um, Great. And yeah. Absolutely. I agree with that. He brought half of Dublin with him as well for a play to him. Uh, he did, yeah. Um, we did mention the Mary Wallopers there and they are one of the, uh, they're getting an award for the best musician protest of 2020 for the time oh, that, yeah. <laughs> that they protested Gemma O'Doherty on Blackrock Beach in Dundalk in May during lockdown. <clears throat> O'Doherty had a take back, take the country back um, protest on a beach. Um, it didn't seem Twat. to have many, very many people there, but you no, know, she didn't. the Mary Wallopers, also known as TPM, turned up and uh, disrupted things somewhat. So here's what they were doing. Here's the audio of what they were doing. Oh, yay. <laughs> Two lads walking onto a beach where people are protesting. (laughs) Walking towards a small group of protesters. Why does the siren kill me so much every time? Oh my god. Just the new one. 
<laughs> there you are. Um, that is uh, the Mary Walpers on TPM um, saying that the internet is too fast and we need to bring back dial-up, which they made a t-shirt of. Somebody made a t-shirt of shortly after yeah. that, um, but very, very good. Um, I'm ready for 2021 to be their year. Yeah, I really want. I really want the Mary Wallopers to have like a really fucking good 2021. I want an album. I want gigs. I just want it. I just want it to be all Mary Wallopers all the time next year. All of those things were due to happen. They did not, but we will. I know. See them again next year. Okay, what's your next um, award? Oh, okay. Yeah, artists who an artist I want to hear from next year because I miss them. I miss them greatly, and I was just thinking recently that I haven't heard from them in a while. This goes to two people, two men. Um, the first yeah. man, yeah, I know, I me, I know, um, and only one of them is a folk musician. Um, my first man is Kendrick Lamar. Where is he? Is he okay? I think he was due to come back this year, and then right? you know, saw what was happening, and uh, I think I'd spend more time on that album. Yeah, I just yeah. want. I it just hope he's okay. He's announced for some gigs. I think next year. He's so. supposed to play Longitude next year. So. Mm. There Fingers crossed something. for that. Who knows? So ho- hopefully that's for like to promote a new album. I hope so. Um, I mean, I he hasn't so, released yeah. anything since, was it 2017 was Damn? Or 2018? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 2018. Maybe Butterfly was 2016. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was two years after. And we just haven't heard anything from him except his like notoriously terrible guest verses on pop songs. Um which and he seems to be um, held down and made do, but anyway, he does, yeah. And he's not—he's not giving a single second more thought to that than he is being paid for. And part of me respects that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, that's my my, my first guy is um, is Kendrick Lamar. And my second guy is obviously Father John Misty. We got um, we got a double A side this year from him. Um, two songs called Two S and Two War, but no sign of an album yet. And I think of anybody i want to hear what he is making of all of this stuff um there's so much stuff i want to know what he thinks about it um i listened to pure comedy um the album a lot this year actually because i've been increasingly terrified of technology as you know um and also the world is, is seems to be slipping into some kind of apocalyptic state um, and I think that that's pretty much the perfect album for it and I just can't I couldn't help but wonder what what he has to say about all of this um, what he has to say about things like the election as well about things like fake news about Trump obviously about the pandemic but also people who are denying that the pandemic is real these are the things that I know he's thinking about and I just want him to tell me about it that's all <laughs> Okay, you know. here's a bit of uh, 2S from Father John. Oh, thank you. feel so strange Got the blue Tell it to I'm sure you'd float away Oh, Denise is on other voices now. Oh, I just seen them. Unreal. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's like even more powerful than you'd 
you thought it was going to be there. <laughs> oh, okay, wait, we'll, we'll, we'll tell the listeners. Uh, we just paused there to watch Denise Chyla, um performing other voices and we're both like, ah. <laughs> yeah, um, she oh did my uh, God. on Shaw featuring Jafaris, the new track that's coming out um, this Friday and a new version of that song and it was fucking powerful. Oh man. <laughs> she was wearing armor. She's wearing armor. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, she, oh, she fucking killed that. They all did. Yeah, they were they are, hype energy that was. This is like the <sighs> it's it's so amazing to see artists that are you you just know so much how huge they're gonna be and they're just on the precipice on it of it and it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Um Yes. And and just again another another um cap for Denise this year in terms of oh. another crown, even Jesus Christ, another Fucking marquee performance from uh, Denise there. So, um, unbelievable. <laughs> okay, we will move on to what we were actually talking about because we got distracted, but that's okay. We yeah. basically had a watch party there. That was We did. That was cute. Uh, I enjoyed that. Okay, I'm going to try and keep that going because uh, actually my next choice uh, is Best Rap Guest First. And we already talked about this song, but I'm going to continue it because it just features two of those people. We're talking about my... Uh, uh, I did this last year, best uh, rap guest verse, and Andre three thousand um, was yeah uh, on the, the James Blake record, verse. right? Yeah, and that this was time, unreal. The one, the song that's given me maybe more, no more like joy than maybe any other singular song this year. That made me want to like throw things around the room because it was so good. Is the Who's Asking remix by the Southwest All Stars? God knows, Denise Chyla. Strange Boys, Search is Fresh, Hazy Hayes and Gavin Da Vinci and a brilliant video by Stephen Hall. Um, so, look, we've talked about this many, many times. I'm just going to play a quick 30 seconds of it just to remind people in case maybe somebody here has never heard this before. I'm afraid I'm going to hype myself out the window right now. <laughs> this is too much. Who's asking? That was uh, Denise and Strange Boy, and God knows you're there with uh, Citrus Fresh, Hazy Hayes, and Gavin Da Vinci to follow um, on that track. And uh, production by Cert One. Uh, just really, I ever since I heard that, God knows sent me that, and I was like, I can't believe this how good this is. And then, of course, there was an East Coast version of it with Nilo, Mango, Scripta, and others. Um, just really, really has been a marquee year for all of that crew and PX Music as well. And uh, so that was my award for best guest rap verse. I guess it's best posse cut as well, whatever you want to call it. And following mm -hmm. on from that, I'm going to pick um, 
my rap beat of the year because I did this last year as well. So I could have gone with something like this. That was Run the Jewels Out of Sight from RTJ4. I could have picked a couple of songs off RTJ4. But instead, you know, I've talked about that before. So I, what I said I'd do is pick uh, this track, which is uh, we have not played before. It is by Ooh. SL and Kenny Beats. It is called Bad Luck. Because I love a good flute loop, and this is a good flute <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Look. Sat pink cause the boy weren't patient Smoke weed till it turned man quavers Bad luck I heard he got grabbed Taught that send it on vacation Fed boys don't know about statement I don't know so I need translation Dumb cat while moan about prices I'll take all the high inflation The other day say I had me a dream And I dreamed that we had a bad bitch invasion Never worked at 90 degrees So I flipped her around that's a quick rotation Tech work cause she love the sensation Textbook where I take a man's papers Fake nigga done it all for the state Okay, that was SL and Kenny Beats. Um, SL is a young 18-year-old UK drill artist and Kenny Beats is a producer known for, for primarily a rap producer, but has also re- this year worked with James Vince McMorrow and Idols, so I thought that was worth an inclusion and maybe something a bit different as well. So um, what my next choice, I'm just going to follow this on because it kind of follows on a little bit. Because Niall, you're on a roll so. and I am not going to stop you. Keep cool. going. Let me go. Preach. <laughs> okay, Preach. this is a song I couldn't stop playing that I didn't talk about anywhere else. There's actually, you're going to hate me for this because it's actually, I have two Drake songs that I played a lot oh, this year. I know, sake, Niall. I know, I know. Is one of them Hotline Bling? No, it's not. Both of them are new from 2020. Uh. Um, so, I don't know. I can I can tell you both of them and then you can tell me if you want to hear one of them or not. No, um, no, I, 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 I want to hear what he, what this guy has to say. Okay, uh, well, one of them is the Drake and Future Life is Good track that came out in maybe February or so. And mm. it's basically a diptych of two two beats and Future and uh, Drake together. Uh, it's called Life is Good. I think just like Drake is so good at hooks as well at this kind of stuff. I hate Like him. his Travis Scott stuff. I know, I know. I know. Working on a weekend like usual Way off in the deep end like usual Niggas swear they passed us, they doing too much Haven't done my taxes, I'm too turned up Virgil got a paddock on my wrist going nuts Niggas caught me slipping once, okay, so what? Someone hit your block up, I tell you if it was us Man, a house in Rosewood, this shit too plush Say my day's a number, but I keep waking up Know you see my text, baby, please say something Wine by the glass, your man a cheapskate, huh? Niggas gotta move off my release day, huh? Bitch, this is fame, not clout. I don't even know what that's about. Watch your mouth, baby. Got an ego twice the size. And then that goes into um, futures verse, base, which sounds completely different. They got a stretcher, nigga. How we gonna die for this shit? Yeah, I ride for my niggas, I lie to my bitch It's basically two tracks in one And I was talking earlier on about like ad-libs and stuff like You know, the power of like doing that and Ooh, repetition And that song has it And actually I think the other Drake song has it as well This is Laugh Now, Cry Later There's a lovely... Baby yeah. hook on this. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing. Slow down. 
We took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town Baby Where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that? Tired of beefing you bums, you can't even pay me enough to react Been waking up in the crib but sometimes I don't even know where I'm at Please don't pay that nigga songs in this party, I can't even listen to that Anytime that I run into somebody, it must be a victory lap, Hey, Shawty come sit on my lap, Hey, They saying Drizzy just snap This in between us is not like a store, this isn't a closable gap, Hey, I see some niggas attack, and don't end up making it back Okay, look, I got that out of my system now. That is a uh, two Drake song that I played. Okay, this year. so Sorry. I will say I don't mind the beat in the last one that you just played there, but I do think at 34 years of age, Drake is a little bit old to be singing about taking a half. That's all <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> you you think? Yeah, I, I mean to be singing about it. <laughs> no, no shade to anyone who dabbles, but like. <laughs> yeah, may, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it must be really tough to be Drake and know that you'll never write a song that's as good as Hotline Bling, which is Thank a phenomenal trying. song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hate how much I love that song. Yeah, I know. I know. And I mean, I, I kind of hate how much I like his music sometimes. I'm just like, why? Yeah. But then I'm like, I'll get drunk and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I just want to listen to one of those two tunes. And I'm like, Is and watch that... the videos as well. I think he's so good at like the multimedia aspect of it. Like mm. that it's that, actually that video is so crass in a way because it's shot in like Nike HQ and it's basically just a, a marketing exercise for Nike. But it's but so But do you good. not hate that so much? Like, do you not? I do, do but do... I like it. I still want to play the song and especially like Lil Durk is on that track and uh, when his voice comes in and you're just like yes yes because like Drake is on as this one level the whole time and then uh, oh yeah you can say that again comes in yeah where is that bit where did these niggas be at when they say they doing all this and all that I'm in the trenches relax can you not play that little boy in the club because we do not listen to rest we in Atlanta I buy her wigs she telling me Tay is the best point at the Yeah, look, I can't deny it, and that's it, but, and that's right. why I'm sharing it here. <laughs> I mean that that part where little Dirk comes in, it's great. Yeah, <laughs> Drake Drake's nowhere there. Like if if your favorite part of a Drake song is the point at which somebody else comes in and takes over, then <laughs> that might say a little something about where Drake is at. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You know? right. but so well, so Drake is your. I'm home. I'm drunk. I want to listen to music before I go to bed. You know what mine is all wow. year? The Hamilton soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, nice. when I when I'm when I'm drunk Which and song. Um so my shot and the oh, one look, I'm gonna have to play it. I'm gonna and, have to play oh, it. Oh no, no, no. Um, and and then Aaron Burr's one, um, when he sings at the room where it happened. <laughs> I just love that okay. shit so much. Pick one because I'm playing a bit of this because um, I, I I have someone in my life who's gonna love this. Do do um the the Aaron Burr one the um the the one where it happened but skip like maybe to about three quarters of the way through when it really like hits <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this in the podcast it's terrible. Did you know even then it doesn't matter where you put the U.S. capital? Cause we'll have the banks, we're in the same spot. You got more than you gave. And I wanted what I got when you got skin in the game, you stay in the game. 
But you don't get a win unless you play in the game Oh, you get love for it, you get hate for it You get nothing if you wait for it, wait for it, wait God help and forgive me, I want to build something that's gonna out <laughs> okay there we go Lin-Manuel Miranda is such a dose a COVID-19 dose you stand for nothing Burr what will you fall for (laughs) that's all I'm saying look it Uh, is I I haven't actually had a guilty pleasure in a really long time but (laughs) when I'm listening to the Hamilton soundtrack it's the only thing that makes me put my Spotify on like private mode (laughs) so so that nobody can see like how often I'm listening to it um I love it it's it's so cheesy it's so it's historical oh it's great and I actually I I was listening to the Hamilton soundtrack for like way longer than I had seen, I I never got a chance to see Hamilton. And the first time I saw it was when it came to Disney Plus. Um, and I watched it and it was just kind of like, well, like watching it on my own and then just being like, I know every word to at least five of these songs here. <laughs> um, I loved it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm going to stop being ashamed about loving it. I think it's don't, it's, don't it's a very it. popular production. It's okay to like it. It is, yes, yes. Yeah. I watched that for the first time uh, this year, as we discussed earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, what is your next award? Um, well, maybe I'll, I'll I'll stick with the with the theme here with kind of cheesiness. Um, and I'm giving my next award to the cheesiest song of the year, but a song that I that just has its own little chamber in my heart and it is by the 1975 who I earlier today wrote down um as the 1795 and that made me laugh a lot um (laughs) and the song is me and you together song and yes it sounds like busted What I go to school for. What I go to school for. <laughs> it's always busted. What I go to school for. Oh, it's so cute oh, though. Do you not just and I mean I was I was a child who liked and owned busted records. Like I was I, I had posters of Sean them. H. From yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, like I used to buy like smash hits and pop magazines and i'd put posters of busted on my wall yeah <laughs> uh, it, it's it's true and yeah i remember when when this song came out i think this was the second single off off the record this this year that had i think 75 or 80 songs on it and um i i heard it and i was like there was there was a part of my brain that was just like resist resist no you know you know that this is just an, a, a nostalgia thing like don't don't lean into this and then the other part so of my do brain they, though. i know i know yeah. and i was like trying this part of my brain was trying to be really cynical about the whole affair 
But then the rest of me just took over and I was like, no, I absolutely loved this. I love how earnest it is. I love how kind of jangly and like cute and polished. And I mean, the music video is just adorable. It's yeah, all of it just makes me so happy. And it, I, I guess due to its cheesiness, it would also be another kind of quote unquote guilty pleasure, although I don't agree with being guilty about the music that you listen to but um but i do really really love that song <laughs> usually the music that you you want to listen to that is you know makes you feel guilty is because of something the artist did and for that reason yeah my next choice is a, a very specific one it is the best song to play when you have an itch to play michael jackson I love right. this category. This should be a category <laughs> at the Grammys. It shouldn't be, yeah. Um, so problematic faves, speaking of problematic faves, we have, um, so this song is a song that uh, came out earlier this year. It's a big pop song. Uh, it reminds me of uh, Off the Wall, Michael Jackson. It is specifically uh, Don't Stop Till You Get Enough. It is called uh, Malibu and it's by Kim Petras. <laughs> Kim Patras and Malibu, uh, definitely a song that is directly inspired by Michael Jackson in a time where we refuse to play Michael Jackson songs anymore. Mm. That is the closest I'm going to get. You know what I love so much about that category is that there's more than one contender in it. Because you remember in our in our Halloween episode, you played a song that was basically oh doing it in a haunted house by Yvonne Gage. Yeah. Yeah, So when when I saw this category when you sent it to me earlier, I assumed it would be that song. So I, I I love that there's that there's competition here. This is great. Um, well, you know, the music of uh, Quincy Jones is uh, evergreen. So... <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Producer Quincy Jones uh, does, uh, you know, bring up... Uh, no uh, counselling there. So, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, it's your choice now. What's your next award? Okay, my next award is going to be... Um, I guess I'll, I'll tell you about a song that I couldn't stop playing this year. Um, in that it was my most played song, uh, according to my Spotify wrapped, which made me feel extremely observed. Um, and it's Motion Sickness by Phoebe Bridgers. 
And Phoebe is an artist that I only really actually got into this year properly. As as that seems you know. mad to say that now. I know because really? I like she's she's actually such an important part of my life right now. But I mean, <laughs> I'd sort of like kind of like the new pornographers, or, or maybe I knew her a little bit more than that. I'd I've been aware of her. Um, we obviously were big fans of her um, joint EP with. Um, Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker and Julian Baker as boy genius um but I'd just never really given her the time and I, and then I remember listening to motion sickness and just being completely blown away by it um I listened to it I think my Spotify told me I listened to it like 60 times this year or something so that's a, it's, it's, an older song it I is yeah it's yeah from it's, Punisher, yeah it's from a couple of years ago and it's uh it's supposedly written about her time um, spent in a kind of, I, I, I'm actually not sure of the details of this, but I think professional slash slightly more than professional relationship with Ryan Adams, who we hate on this podcast, and who Niall actually told me earlier today, uh, released an album on the same day as Taylor Swift this year. And and literally she, nobody wrote about it. Nobody no, mentioned it. Nobody the, mentioned it. I only, saw, I only saw it like in a mention on Twitter. Somebody goes... Haha, ha, this is what happens when you try and mansplain an album to the uh, the author and then uh, yeah. no one uh, pays attention to you after you've yeah. been a fucking creep. Yeah. So, was it Kelly that said that? Because I remember she she was talking about um, the... No, I don't know. It was just it just came up my feet. I don't even know who it was. It was just yeah. like somebody that I follow that I don't even know who it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so motion sickness is... Um, apparently kind of about her her time with him and just the li- there's the lyrics in it um, that are in the kind of the third verse that are you said when you met me you were bored um, and you you were in a band when I was born and I just think that that is such such a succinct and brilliant way of owning a guy who is you know old enough to be your x y and z and still being a creep and being awful to people and writing a song like Motion Sickness that, and I mean, I I was a fan of Ryan Adams. I was really upset when all of the the allegations came out, um, and I I haven't listened to him since. But I I couldn't I couldn't see Ryan as much as I love him writing a line that is as brilliant as that. And I just I I'm just I'm rooting for Phoebe so much and she will actually come up in in another award for me uh later on but yeah my my song of the year that didn't come out this year was motion sickness by phoebe bridges because it's one of the best songs ever written okay here we go
Lovely. That was uh, Phoebe Bridgers. Sure, I'm going to uh, call Phoebe up to the stage now and uh, present her with a second award, which is Best Scream in a Song from I Know the End uh, from oh, the album. Oh, God, Punisher. it's so good. Here we go. Let's hear a bit of a scream uh, coming up. We've just played uh, Phoebe off the stage there. She thanked uh, her parents and God and uh, she doesn't believe in God and uh, Paul. I mean, we don't know who Paul is. Anyway, <laughs> that was Phoebe Bridges. I know the end from Punisher Best will Scream I, in a song. Will I do my other award that she has and then we just have Phoebe oh, Bridges go on, go out on. of the way? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. my award for biggest vibe this year is Phoebe Bridges. Um, she's performing on Jimmy Kimmel. And she's performing in her pajamas that I think she wore for like maybe six different live streams. And she was just like, <laughs> I, I don't care. And I was like, yeah, vibe. Um, in uh, On a kind of a plastic toy um, keyboard into yeah, a plastic... It's a weird looking one. Yeah, into a plastic toy microphone that is literally for children. And in, <laughs> in the background, uh, just leaning against the wall of her bath. She's sitting in the bath, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of her bath, there is a bottle of head and shoulder shampoo. And she's, she's you know, it's, it's the biggest vibe of 2020. I love it so much. I connect with it. I'm about it. <laughs> Live from the lavatory, it's Fever Hoosiers. Round of applause for Phoebe Bridgers there. Why not? Well done. Wonderful stuff. Well Look, done. if if Phoebe uh, if Phoebe can't be my girlfriend, all I want to do is just live next door to her and just hear her singing in her bathroom all the time. That's all I want in life. Oh my God, you have set me so perfectly up for my next uh, choice. Oh, is it? You wouldn't even believe it. Musician who you want <laughs> to be your girlfriend? <laughs> no, it is a song that references living next door. Oh, um, amazing. So, um... 
this is something that I didn't really feature anywhere else because just didn't make the album uh, list that I made yesterday. Um, so it is a song from Bill Callahan from his Gold Record, and it's called "The Mackenzies," and it's a really beautiful lyric, but it's also a very funny lyric at the start. Um, I'm gonna read uh, just briefly read it. I'm gonna explain the song a little bit and just play a bit of it because I can't give you. The, I won't. I'm actually not gonna ruin the whole thing for you because it okay. is. It starts very funny. What ca- captured my attention with it was that. Um, it's a very there's a very funny line in it but then the song becomes this kind of like semi um, very elegic uh, lovely song about loss and grief and neighbours and stuff it's very beautiful but the, the line that got me uh, hooked to the song was uh, so Bill Callahan obviously a very rhyme man very uh, deep baritone uh, voice uh, he, uh, I will say the words first and then yeah, we'll play a bit of the song um, yep. we never met before despite living next door see I'm the type of guy who sees a neighbour outside and stays inside and hides <laughs> I'll run that errand another time same So, and the song is uh, absolutely brilliant um, it's called Mackenzie's I'm going to play the start of it now my car broke down in front of my house I was turning it over and over When an older man came running out He said, don't you do that, son You'll only make it worse I'll call my buddy Koji Fix anything, and he owes me. And my, just look at the time. It's almost beer 30. You must be thirsty. Come on inside with me. Join the family. Inside it seemed a place had already been laid for me We never met before, despite living next door See I'm the type of guy, sees a neighbor outside And stays inside and hides I'll run that errand another time. That's good old Bill, uh, Bill Callahan, uh, the Mackenzies from the Gold Record. Um, you can also <coughs> That's see also the next song that comes on that album is called Protest Song. Great song uh, about, or maybe it's the one before, it's about... Uh, He's after taking, he's having a hard day, he sits down and watches late night TV, sees some music, unnamed musician who uh, is singing a protest song and he is disgusted at the uh, the words and he's like that man's songs are lies and then he's like uh, step outside son you're gonna get hurt <laughs> good <laughs> I need really to listen good. to this I haven't heard oh, it's so good I haven't heard uh, any it just never it didn't make the top 40 which is mad actually when you think wow. about it like 40 albums but there you go um, wow. that is Bill Callahan. okay I'm gonna listen to Bill Callahan. 
Okay, very good. Um, do you um, have something you want to share with us from an award perspective? Uh, yes, but I'll be moving into the kind of TV and film section of our podcast. Do you have anything okay. before? Yeah, that? I've got a few things to run through. Then let's um, let's do that then. Right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna move to the club um, and do some <laughs> some stuff. Uh, I uh, very unsurprisingly, I do not have any. Uh, contributions to the club section of this podcast that's all you know go for it okay great okay well i'll do that very quickly um i have a few more categories actually to get through so first one actually i want to share with you is a a a best song born out of a viral video which is a very specific one um but well that's cowboy by sima right that is a a very good uh close runner-up what not the winner Listen, we talked about CMAT already, so uh, I didn't include her this time. But what I'm going to do is basically explain to you uh, the history of this uh, song. There's a song called I Just Want to Live by Kedron Bryant. I think it felt uh, right and appropriate to include this this year because of uh, the killing of George Floyd and um, the Black Lives Matter movement. There was a lot of songs that came out that have directly addressed that. I think of the likes of Her and uh, music albums from Salt. Kedron Bryant is actually a 13-year-old singer and uh, a gospel... 13? A gospel singer. A 13-year-old singer, yeah. So he posted this um, little video, which I'm going to play for you now. This is him uh, on in his room uh, singing this song that he made up. So I'm just going to play you that song very quickly. I'm a young black man Doing all that I can to stand Oh, but when I look around And I see what's being done to my kind Every day I'm being hunted as prey My people don't want no trouble We've had enough struggle I just want to live God protect me Okay, so that is an absolutely beautiful um, wow. <laughs> piece of music that went viral. Um, he was actually twelve when he when he when he put that up, and uh, I, just I never to heard that. Yeah, so um, basically, what happened following that was that Warner Records basically got in touch with Kedron and put together a whole band, and uh, they released a, a, a song on Juneteenth and announced that. of the singles profits would be donated to the NAACP and that song is actually brilliant and it's it's a beautiful song and it's not tainted by any kind of uh, music industry machinations it sounds like this and it starts with Keith. I 
Okay, I just wanted to include that because I felt like the story is good, the song is great, and uh, it's a very unique 2020 song. I I didn't hear anything about either of those songs. That's absolutely stunning. I can't believe that yeah. child is I, I, 12 I, I, years I tell you age. where I heard it. I heard it on Benji B's radio show on BBC Radio 1. He does a, uh, uh, which I which, listen to all the time. And funny enough, to be fair Nubia, to you, you've been recommending me to listen to I him have. for a really he long time. He played Nubia Garcia last, this week. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah. So he's into that. Um, oh, but sweet. yeah, that's where I heard the song. And it came in... Probably a glut of like three or four different songs that I'd heard together. Yeah. And one was like maybe like a Method Man song or something like that. And I was just like, what is this tune? And then I was like, he never even, he said that was Keaton Bryant. And it was just like, didn't mention that the guy was 12. <laughs> and and it just that's sounded silly. so like beautiful and and together. And I was just like, wow, that's and where else. where where did Bryant go viral? Is he a, a uh, I, I think it was kind a of TikTok, TikTok or one or, of those. Yeah, it? I think yeah. it was. TikTok or Instagram wow. and went viral on and... Uh, that's so beautiful and uh, yeah so really really beautiful he's got like yeah I think maybe Instagram he's got 415,000 followers on Instagram so wow yeah um, so maybe maybe a young guy with a bright future ahead who knows but anyway whatever happens he's gifted us with something very beautiful Um, awesome okay I'm going to quickly run through the club stuff because we are we are we are we are doing it Um, okay a a song that has me yearning for the club is a song that is also has that kind of shimmering quality that kind of makes you feel like you're a bit high and uh, is what just... what is what is high? <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> no one knows, <laughs> no one knows anymore. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, Belfast duo Bicep and their song Apricots. <laughs> Okay, that song is uh, walking into a nightclub and high-fiving somebody you haven't seen for a while. It is meeting somebody at the Raven the Woods and cat seeing all your mates in the Raven the Woods at a life picnic 
and that song's playing. That's what that song. You used know, to be. you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the moment when you decide to stay out and not <laughs> not go home, and you're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna stay out. I'll get a taxi later. It's fine. I'll figure it out. I just won't buy food next week. It'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, staying in that team, I'm going to pick a remix of the year that uh, I really enjoyed this year. It is another Dua Lipa track. It is by Yeji, um, the Yeji remix of Don't Start Now. Very hypnotic uh, remix version. And I like what she's do- what she does with it. I'll play a little bit of it now, give you a flavor. <laughs> play too much of that but um i think it wasn't a great year for remixes because there wasn't a lot of outlet for them really but um that was a great one um and actually i was thinking about this last night the club future nostalgia release that was put together by uh, blessed madonna um it actually it must have given people uh, djs especially who are the kind of people who are, are are not getting paid this year more than anyone else because they can't really do a lot of live streams um, there was a good payday in it for I'm sure a lot of the people that are involved but you know bless Madonna and uh, notwithstanding but also like you know there it's it's what she did was bring in a lot of people who are very good and very respected like Horsemeat Disco and um, Paul Wolford uh, you got Mark Ronson in there Jacques Leconte Moody Man is a brilliant remix of, uh, by Moody Man as well Midland and Jada G um, and then like kind of put it all together in a kind of tapestry featuring like samples that she could clear from uh, Gwen Stefani's actually on it but they do play one of her songs they play Jamiroquai um, so I think it's uh, Cosmic Girls on there as well so it's just a really good example of how you can do a club remix album um, from a pop big pop album and it can be good um, okay staying with the dance theme uh, very quickly uh, best song to dance in the kitchen it's in the title the clues in the title is I Dance oh! in the Kitchen by A Mac. Oh man, this is one of my favorites from this year. was I Dance in the Kitchen by A Mac a great I remember the, from her EP the week that that came out you and I were kind of so giddy about that song we were just so excited about it and because we're obviously like really big fans of her she's great but it just it captured something right it just captured yeah. the especially well, I think for for people like you who who kind of desire and need that that kind of club outlet more so than I would 
I think that song really captures that feeling of just kind of making do in, in, in a really sweet way and that it's okay to love music on your own and love music just in your kitchen having a dance. Yeah, that's all we can do. That's all we're allowed to do. That's it. Year, so that's it. That's yeah. what we're doing. Um, okay, before we get into the TV and film stuff, um, a couple of more things to cover. I was uh, speaking of covers. I'm going to barrel through something. <laughs> this is, uh, I was, I set myself with a task of finding or like trying to figure out what the best covered I heard this year was. And I had a few. There's a lovely one from Soap and Skin of uh, uh, What's Up by the Four Non Blondes. Um, which I didn't pick in the end. Triggered. I, I sang that song in oh, an really? old school band. So really, yeah, very triggered. Okay, well, I, I went with a song. I think we actually featured on the site of one or on the podcast at one point. It is from Mattiel. It is a cover of Beastie Boys, "Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun." Okay, we interrupt this broadcast because uh, Denise is back on the <laughs> And she's wearing a wedding dress. Show me really how to stage a So don't you ever get too comfortable. If you want a resolution, then you're gonna have to rock the boat. I claim my name, finesse the feng shui. Rise like souffle, I toss the bouquet. I came off Broadway to rep. I always peep game, but no, I'm not playing. If I leave, then I'm taking all my relics with me. Every museum, every gallery, my birthright is coming with me. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Enough, enough interruptions. We're we're at uh, an hour and forty nearly. So, um, um, <laughs> I can't believe quickly. she finally said yes. All those times I've proposed to her in my mind, she finally said yes. <laughs> yeah, Denise wearing a wedding dress there. Denise, so. <laughs> a thousand yeses, a million yeses, please. <laughs> so this is the next category for our awards. Is actually one I tried to come up with something for. I don't think I'm really happy with it, but. I'm okay. going to go with a couple of choices just to show uh, some examples of uh, there's not one single choice that like defines this this year for me. But I, my first question when I came up with this was a uh, most beautiful piece of music of the year. And mm. there was lots of options and I couldn't settle on any of them. So I'm going to play two specific ones that just uh, I'm going to play one um, that came out last week from the Avalanches from the album. We will always love you. A really I haven't listened album. to it yet. I'm really oh, it's excited. So it's so good. Like, and I was, I was worried it's going to be a bit of a mess, but it's not at all. It's just like, it's full of guests, stacked with guests, absolutely maximalist kind of this, 
uh, afterlife themed uh, album. It basically, it seems to be a celebration of somebody who died. Um, and it in that on those terms, it's really beautiful. We have heard the song before. It is uh, "We Will Always Love You" featuring Blood Orange, um, and it samples the Roaches Hammond song. So I guess in a way, this is kind of a cover as well in okay. in some form. So this is uh, uh, "We Will Always." Love you. Okay, you could say that's the most beautiful piece of music of the year, but also you could say it's the best use of a sample this year, perhaps, as well. Um, yeah, so maybe. we'll go with that. My other choice was a song by JFDR, um, the Icelandic artist, uh, called My Work from her album, um, which came out uh, a few months ago. It is called The album is called New Dreams. Um, the reason I chose this song is because it's got this beautiful cascading kind of vocal thing that repeats and, and uh, washes over and interlocks with itself. And uh, just wanted to nod to it, how beautiful it was, really. Um, so this is my work by JFDR. Mother, would you cry if I tell you the things I have done? Okay, that was Jeff Dior and my work. Okay, look, one more. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, uh, final Niall, one. Niall, uh, look, uh, the uh, most yes, important what? thing to remember is it's yes. our podcast. We can do whatever we <laughs> exactly. want, right? If you've got another fucking yeah. category, you do it. No, it's not the same. It's the same category. It's just another song. Um, oh, no, that's not easy. allowed. No, you can't yeah. do that. Well, I wanted to mention it because it's uh, <laughs> it has featured as Galway artist Maria Somerville on it. It is <gasps> from her. the Everything is Recorded album. It is called... Um, this world and uh, it sounds like this
Okay, that is a bit of uh, everything is uh, recorded. 11.55 a.m. This World is what it's called. Maria Somerville is one of the vocalists there. And then you also hear Infinite Coles as well, I believe. So that is uh, Richard Russell, the XL boss, uh, playing um, as everything recorded. Everything is recorded. King Cabinet also features on that album as well. So shout out to him. Oh, I should say, I had a lovely experience um, on Saturday. I went to the Irish Merch music shop thing oh, in the Grand how, Social. How was it? It's a bit far out of my um, bubble Yeah, I wanted to um, go. How was it? It was great. It was really lovely. It was just that I, I've not met so many people in real life who work mm. in music as I have in the, like on Saturday. Like I was talking yeah. to Wyvern Lingo. I was talking to Bitch Falcon, talking to Saint Sister. Aww. I bought a scarf from them. This is their scarf. It's a, a it's a strong star. Very good. A, a lyric from their song with uh, Lisa Hannigan. Uh, saw it in the Soft by Records. Kojak and King Kavanagh were there. I was there on Saturday. There was other people there on Sunday. Um, just lovely, really lovely. Girl band were there as well. A huge amount of merch. It sounds and like a who's who. I, yeah, I felt bad I couldn't buy music from it or something from everybody. But sure, look, you can't. But um, but it was really lovely. It was really lovely good. to see people in real life. And uh, beautiful Pillow Queens as well. Yeah, uh, album of the year, Irish album of the year, and I bought Irish their. The I finally got my hands on their vinyl. They tried to give it to me free, and I was like, "I'm not. I'm paying for this." Oh, <laughs> they <laughs> no are way. just the nicest people, though, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> like, they're yeah. ridiculous. Oh. Okay, so that is my end of my award. I think it's time for we're kind of getting towards the end of the show now. And normally, in the end of our podcast, we talk about. Uh, movies and films and stuff and yeah. other things that we love this year so mm. with that in mind okay why are we start we start with favorite movie of the year perhaps yeah let's start with favorite movie of the year um okay so for me it's slightly different to my favorite use of music in a movie of the year which i know is your favorite movie of the year but anyway my favorite movie of the year it really is a toss-up between i mean let's be honest wasn't that many movies this year, but it's a toss up between two of, I think, the greatest films released in a really long, I was about to say a decade, but probably longer. Um, it's between Parasite and Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Just two of the most beautiful, amazing films I've ever seen. I think I might give my film of the year to Parasite just because I think I loved the filmmaking in it slightly more than I loved it in Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I pa- Parasite was the last thing, the last film I saw in in a cinema before Tenet, which was the only other film I saw this year. And I remember... Yeah, I, me too. Me I, too. Yeah, I, I went to see it in the IFI um, in a packed screen one IFI. Um, and I just, it's been a really long time since I had an experience like that in a cinema where everyone was sort of, 
you know, laughing at the same time, gasping at the same time. I mean, if, you, if you've seen Parasite, you'll know that the moment that I keep coming back to is the moment when the, the door to downstairs opens and the ex-maid runs downstairs. And something happens where the camera kind of pans from the living room over to the door and then it follows the maid down the stairs but it follows the maid down the stairs and I think a slightly strange off-putting speed it doesn't quite match with the music and it's the point at which that I realized that this film was a thriller and it wasn't actually just a kind of a, a, a commentary on class like a straightforward commentary on class and I remember I just I just had that moment of just like being pushed back in my seat like such was the amount that I was moved by it and terrified by it and I think Parasite is I I, I rewatched it recently actually um I think it's just one of the best films ever made it's certainly one of his best films and I and I do love his films um and it, again music in it is fantastic and it it kind of links in with the next um, award which is for best use of music in a film because though Parasite has an original score I think it does take a lot of inspiration from the work of Vivaldi and again especially in that scene and there's scenes later on in, in, in the film that are kind of Vivaldi-esque in its scoring um, so I suppose good time as I need to move on to best use of music in a film and for me it is the closing scene of Portrait of a Lady on Fire um, and it is a, a, a Vivaldi piece from the Four Seasons. I really, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to explain why it's important because I know that there's a lot of people who haven't gotten around to this film yet and to those people I say please, please, please watch this film. It is it is an absolutely stunning piece of cinema and you will cry your eyes out whether you cry on a daily basis or not. Um, but yeah, the, the last scene um, is a Vivaldi piece from, from the Four Seasons um, that was referenced earlier on uh, with regards to storms. And it is essentially just one of the characters watching this this piece unfold on a stage for the first time. And it's absolutely stunning. Okay, I will play that now. It is, uh, put simply, I'll just say Part of an Ar- Lady on Fire was the film to stay with me the most this year. Yeah. In terms of its cinematography, the way that it looked, the way it was um, um, set up, the way mm. all of those things. Just beautiful film. And it's the one that has stayed with me. Me too. Me too.
Okay, <laughs> that is the climactic scene, which uh, you can currently see, I think, on your screen. Yes, I can, and um, I don't appreciate that, actually, because I wasn't prepared to cry this evening. Um, <laughs> you did say you would cry before yeah. the end of the show. Well, I know I said I'd try my best not to cry, like last year. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, so that that is the, the, the summer section of Vivaldi's Four Seasons, uh, a piece that I've always loved. I mean, I think I heard it first in maybe primary school or early secondary school. And I remember I, I, I went to college and I had this professor who was um, like a, a historical musicology professor who was like very big on Beethoven. And I think in those circles, if you're big on Beethoven, you tend to not be so big on Vivaldi. And I remember having <laughs> having a bit of an argument with him about Vivaldi. And he he claimed that Vivaldi was kind of a... A, a bit of a pop musician of of his day that he that he didn't have a whole lot of of depth to his works but um i think wh- whether you've seen that film or not like the the summer sequence of of the four seasons is just so stunning and i think what this what this film does so beautifully is kind of use it in 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 this way where it's kind of like you're listening to it again for the first time which is almost impossible to do with a lot of classical music but to to hear it and to see it and to witness it in in this sort of context in the context of this kind of this love story and this story of loss and this story of holding on to memory and memories being if not as important then as significant as um the kind of the real events or the real relationships that you have I just thought that this was and 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 I think as well what is so stunning about this film is that there are only two pieces of music used throughout the whole film uh the the first was an an original composition for the film and the second is is is, is this piece and it's kind of there's there's a few other films who that, that that do this where you've you've had silence for so long that it's it's almost strange when you hear music um especially towards the end and it's just so, done so beautifully and so tenderly um it's oh, I, I i don't think a day has gone by that i haven't thought about these characters and and this story it's just so stunning it is um yeah you mentioned uh like you're saying composition then the composition of the the actual framing of of mm. each shot where and there was one point where we were watching it and you know I, we literally paused it to go i want to pee or something and and it just like you're like it was so stunning and so beautiful and the cinematography was so beautiful it was just like this is is like a painting <laughs> like oh, in the whole, all of it the entire film is is about that and it's about the female gaze and it is you know there's no men in it really and it's like such a beautiful story and you know um, you, you know that moment when um one of the characters comes to the kitchen and there is a man in the kitchen. Um, and, I mean, pe- people who've seen the film will, will will know what I mean by that. And it's so strange and weird. It it really is an ode and a, a, a beautiful ode to ro- like ro- romance between women, but also friendship between women. I I I, I thought the woman who played the the third woman in the film, the kind of the the, the maid, maid yeah, the lady servant, yeah. was was so stunning it's just it's it's such an amazingly beautiful film i believe it's still a movie if anybody wants to watch it uh, but if not you should really really seek it out because i think what, i got it on google play i watched yeah. it that way 
Yeah. Um, so I would recommend. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely my number one film of the year. Other than Parasite, actually, that's the first show. Yeah. I almost forgot that was this year. It's really it's hard to believe because it won the Oscars this year, but um, it's yeah. a film I saw this year, so I'm counting it as 2020. So. Okay. Um, following on from that, I'm going to... Um, this is maybe recency bias, but it was the one I could think of other than uh, Uncut Gems, which is actually last year, which I watched this year. Oh, which I Uncut think is Gems is so stunning. good. And I actually want to watch it again. I know it's a stress so ball, but like, I think the music is amazing. And One of Tricks yeah. by Never, Daniel Lapitan, is, is uh, absolutely amazing. And the film is such a fucking ball of stress that uh, it's <laughs> hard to want to go through that right now uh, um, I've never wanted to watch somebody watch a sports game less than in that film I was like oh god no not another one yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so I watched this film a few days ago and I'm just going to share it because it's a song that I love anyway and it's a song that's well known in terms of uh, Peter Gabriel's In Your Eyes is a song that was used in that uh, um Say Anything, I think it's called, the um, John Cusack film. Yeah. And uh, where he's holding up the boombox, very famous one. But uh, on Netflix at the moment is, is a film called uh, Yes, God, Yes. Actually, mm. I must find out who the uh, actress is. I know she's in... She's in Stranger um, Things. I watched this last week, Nile, and I was excited oh, to you? talk to you about it. It's an unbelievable oh, film. It's a brilliant hey, film. Yeah. Uh, Natalie Dyer is her name. Yeah. And... Um, I heard, I read, you know, what I do every year, as well as like the music stuff, is like, I love looking at Little White Lies website for recommendations for films to watch. Mm. And I have made a load of lists from uh, the best movies of 2020 on their kind of lists. And one of them that came up was Yes, God, Yes. And I think when you see the kind of thumbnail and you see the description on Netflix, it looks like it's going to be just like complete load of wank. <laughs> considering that's what it's essentially it's kind of sell to you as this okay a young a young girl is like discovers masturbation for the first time and then this is what happens and she's a catholic and whatever mm. but it's a very sweet movie it's a very subtle movie um very obvious story maybe but i really enjoyed it and um, there's a scene in it where she goes so you're gonna say oh i was just gonna say that i think it is something uh, in between maybe Dairy Girls and Fleabag in its tone in that yeah. it's very funny and even though it's set in America and it's set with these kind of American Catholics um, when I was watching it with my housemate Denise um, both both of us went went to um, Catholic convent schools we there, there was a, especially some scenes where you know you had to fill out a questionnaire of like how are you feeling right now and the kind of the groups that 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 happen and the kind of group discussions and we both really connected with that having gone to those kind of really really yeah, Catholic schools. I remember schools, going to like, like um like a, a day retreat like around the corner from the school and stuff mm. like that those kind of things so it didn't feel like that Far away from reality. No, um, it's it's all. a very realistic depiction of, of Catholicism. Of, I think. Yeah, and going to confession. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess it's just modernized because basically the context for a lot of the film takes place at a Jesus camp, essentially. Mm. Um, and there's one scene which I'm going to play now, and uh, Andrea, you can see on the screen uh, yes. from Netflix is uh, Jonah from. Um, <laughs> Big tall Jonah from uh, what's the beep is uh, the pastor essentially, and he has a lot of kids in the it's room. Brilliant. Natalie Dyer's there, and they form a circle, and he plays a song for them. And this is what happens. Now, this is one of my favorite songs. And while you're listening, I want you to imagine that the eyes in the song are Jesus's eyes. Mm -hmm. 
So that was uh, the use of Peter Gabriel in your eyes. And as you heard there, the pastor going, imagine the eyes <laughs> in the song is Jesus. And he presents a uh, illustration of Jesus um, to look over them all. And uh, the subtext there is that uh, she's standing beside this uh, jock looking guy who's like the leader of one of the, this Kirkus kind of Jesus camp. And he like. Very hot man. Yeah, he basically cops a feel off her. <laughs> he's but I really, he's really funny just, in that film as just, well. I just like, I was watching that going, oh, are they using the song because it's old and it's kind of funny? But I was like, no, I actually think the song is brilliant. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, al- you know what I, mean? I also think it's brilliant. I remember I, when, when I was watching it with Denise, we like it came on and we were like, banger, absolute banger. Haven't listened to it in probably 20 years. Absolute banger. Brilliant song. Oh, listen, I actually listen to that song way too much. Do you? I listen to Peter Gabriel's tunes a lot. Yeah, this is the picture. I don't. Like that. I listen to it a fair bit. Like songs from So um, would be on my radar. I think I should get you to make me a Peter Gabriel playlist because I, I should make a Peter. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good show because yeah. I think I need to make one myself anyway. Yeah, because um, I I don't know really where to start with him. Yeah, to be honest, so. like, I I wasn't a big fan, and I think it was I only credit the producer um, Fort Rameau who did edits of uh, Peter Gabriel called PG Goes Dance, and he did like three edits of uh, Peter Gabriel's songs, and I was like. Hold on, I always thought Peter Gabriel was like really crap. Kind of nerdy and, and like dad yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, totally. He is now a little bit, but like, and but he has some amazing tunes and mm. like he has amazing albums. Um, and I've been delving into them, but I should do that officially. You should. For, for you and but for also, maybe we, maybe we're just becoming dads. Maybe that's what's happening. Maybe. Uh, maybe oh, well. <laughs> that's fine <laughs> that's fine okay well we normally finish with I guess um, uh, I was going to ask you because we always talk about TV shows and stuff on this show what what TV shows stuck with you this year I have a few so I think I'd be remiss not to mention normal people um, which I think you and I devoured around the same time Um I, I thought it was absolutely stunning. I haven't gone back to it yet because I'm just not ready kind of emotionally to go back to it. But I have, I found myself actually picking up my copy of Normal People by Sally Rooney and just kind of reading through it. And I think the sign of a good adaptation, especially of a book that I tend to be a bit um, fussy about is that the adaptation will will send you back to the text and and. and and send you back to kind of learn more about the characters. And I think they they just did a, such a brilliant, amazing job of like just rendering Connell and Marianne in in 3D that I I just I never expected it to be as good as it was. Um I, I know it's a bit of a cliche because this is kind of the year of like 
normal people and of himself and so on. I mean, I, I, I think there there hasn't been a day gone by in 2020 when Paul Meskell hasn't trended on Twitter for one, for one reason or another. But yeah, um, his tweet that uh, responded about um, that he's Irish was the most liked tweet of in Irish Twitter. Was it? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, and he was genuinely astounding in 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 that film. And I do feel um, bad for her, though she hasn't got the same plot. I feel like she she's been overlooked somewhat because, well, I mean, a a lot of, like I I would imagine a lot of the viewers of Normal People were young straight women, so they inherently kind of leaned into Paul Mescal a bit more. But she she did that accent so beautifully and so brilliantly. Like Listen. my my again to to mention my housemate Denise once more. But she uh, she she's from the west of Ireland, and she would be quite fussy about accents. And she didn't realize until the second or third episode that that um, Daisy Edgar Jones wasn't an Irish girl. So, um, but it, it was just so stunning. And I mean, this is a music podcast, so we, sh- we should absolutely mention the absolutely stunning soundtrack um, that, that that accompanied that show, which which included a lot of Irish artists, um, including kind of Soak and I think Villagers oh, were on, on there. there. Teddy Rex, like there was the, oh, the there was a lot of art. There's it, it was just it was one of those things where I felt like I was watching modern Ireland for the first time on screen. I just hadn't I hadn't connected with that kind of Ireland yet until I saw it, and it and it made Ireland look so appealing. I think, and it made it look so cosmopolitan and modern um that I normal normal (laughs) normal people doing normal things Uh, as opposed to another film we both watched this week well as opposed (laughs) to another film that that we both watched this week which honest to god Niall I loved it (laughs) all I I need in my life is Jamie Dornan in his new American raincoat out in the field with his what 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 do you call it a, a metal, me- detector. metal detector just being a little gas man that's all i need yeah and Wild mountain time lads Wild i will be time. honest if jamie dornan don't was, pay for it do not pay for it but um don't pay for this film i will but. say for the for the 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 people who are interested in men out there um if if Jamie Dornan was not in that film i would have turned it off <laughs> very quickly but he's he's a lovely man to be looking at though sure he is hot to teach ta to be sure yeah but anyway no, um, normal people one one of my tv shows of the year i also want to absolutely draw attention to um two i believe hbo series the first is Watchmen, which I did not expect to love and be moved by as much as I was this year. But I thought it was a completely sensational reimagining of the, of, of that comic, um, and just such it, it 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 rendered that story so humanely and so beautifully that I couldn't help but actually go and reread the comic or the graphic novel and just be taken in by it 
by it all again. Did Did you watch it actually? Did you watch Watchmen? I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's brilliant. My husband is actually watching it for the first time at the moment, yeah. and uh, he hasn't seen it at all. Yeah. And I would totally watch it again. There's There's a couple of episodes on it that I think, uh, in, in my opinion, are actually um, just two two of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Um, I think I would say to anyone who hasn't seen it, it takes a while to get uh, into it maybe a little bit um, because you're not quite sure what's happened if you haven't read the comics maybe. Um, so what, well, what, I would say that. What, what I found handy is my my boyfriend is a big fan of uh, of the comics and has had kind of been you know f- following the the movie adaptation and and things like that so I did actually find it quite handy to have him next to me for that but I reckon you you could absolutely get through it if you just maybe went on Wikipedia and read like the the plot um of of Watchmen, I I point. liked it. I liked the fact that you didn't. You had to kind of work a bit hard to like figure out what was going on, and, and yeah. that made you focus on it a bit more. And because it had Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross soundtrack, and like it was just a beautiful show, and it was, you know, it was a bit reminds me of that show Legion, except for less, you know, um, awful. I don't know what the word. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hated myself, Legion. I would say. I would say, but like it had that kind of like you like this is a superhero story that's not about not your typical superhero story, mm. and I loved that about it. I loved that uh, kind of difference in in tone and mm. the way that it was addressed these like very big, very weighty, very now topics, very zeitgeisty topics, very yeah. uh, current topics, um, in a way that you were actually this is fucking amazing and. Mm. Uh, you can't quite believe you're actually watching a show that's yeah. actually, you know, on the surface, a comic about superheroes, you know, not like the film at all. Or, and I would love to see more of it, really. To be honest. I'd love I to think more. I, I think it did something so interesting. I mean, it, it, kind of akin to another excellent series this year, which was Lovecraft Country, where it brought conversations around race into a, a medium that maybe it, didn't quite allow for it beforehand you know like comic book readers do tend to be white men and I think Watchmen brought a lot to the fore in its conversations around representation but also historical kind of atrocities that have, have been committed and what our role is in correcting or atoning for those things um and i think lovecraft country which is also another one of my favorite series of this year does that impeccably really really outstandingly have you have you not seen lovecraft country oh oh no you'd love it you would absolutely love it yeah get, get on that as soon as possible you'd absolutely adore it um but my my favorite tv series of this year was um HBO's The Plot Against America, which is an adaptation of the Philip Roth novel of the same name. Um, and it's it's a it it's an al- alternate history story told from the point of view of a working class Jewish family in Newark in New Jersey. As it's it's kind of what would happen if Charles Limbaugh try kind of got the Republican nomination um, and actually becomes president. And it's about America's uh, kind of tilt towards and leaning into fascism way before it actually did. Because as we know, in the past four years, America has 
leaned into fascism. Um, but it's one of those things where when, when I describe it to people and uh, and say like, you know, it's it's an alternate history that really speaks to our times. I, I don't think it does it enough justice. I think it's it's such a, I mean, the, the, the novel that it's based on was probably a huge contributor to the fact that uh, Philip Roth was awarded the Nobel Prize for Literature. Um, also, it's it, it it's it's just a stunning example of an a reimagined history, and and yeah, it is it is very much of our time, and it is very much concerned with the rise of fascism, the rise of the alt right or the far right or the right or, or or whatever you want to call them, um, but also the the performances in it are absolutely stunning. Winona Ryder is in it, and she's amazing, um. Yeah, and I I don't think enough people watched it this year, but it's one hundred percent my my TV series of the year is uh, the the plot against America. It's absolutely brilliant. Please, please seek it out uh, if you haven't seen it yet. It's it will it will absolutely blow your mind. It is a great show. I've seen a bit of it. Um, I haven't actually followed through um, for whatever. Maybe it was just too real. <laughs> you should because it gets it gets better and better. Maybe the slight reprieve of uh, reality now at the moment means I could actually watch it properly. Um, but as you know, um, my favorite TV shows that here are two very different shows. One of them um, that I never stop talking about, which is an old show, The Sopranos, Evergreen. As they, as they come, the best TV Are we show, allowed to talk about old shows? Well, I mean, that's what this I watched changes this changes things, okay. From, from, from April, the first week in April until whatever it was, August yeah. or September, I watched episodes of The Sopranos, the entire seasons, um, all seven seasons, whatever it was, 100, and, I don't know, 80-something episodes, 80-something hours. So um, it was one of the most... It was one of the best things I did in lockdown. I'm so glad I did it. It was just a, a a beautiful experience to do it for the second time. And I really felt like I was watching it for the first time in a, a lot of ways because there's so much uh, information to take in. And uh, so I just I just thought it was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch it again. And then on the, I was just looking back on my viewing history on Netflix and stuff and, and now TV and seeing what I actually watched. And it just reminded me that I watched, and I know we talked about it at the time, uh, cheer do you remember cheer? cheer was that this year that was january yeah, oh yeah, was january. no there's january, a really february. there's a really awful thing that i actually learned on the creep dive podcast about one of the most beloved characters oh, no. in cheer yeah cancelled okay gone gone, gone. out oh shit yeah i can't believe cheer was this year though i loved cheer it was brilliant yeah it was a bit of a pick-me-up early mm. on the year about cheerleaders and uh yeah but look there's been so many great things that i watched this year um can i tell you another thing i watched this year that just took over my life in a lot of ways um so on amazon prime they're showing the marvelous mrs Maisel, which is oh a, yeah you mentioned you watched this yeah I watched did i mention this okay so i've i finished it now uh there's three seasons of it and they are going to make a fourth but it sent me on an absolute spiral because the the actor who plays lenny bruce real life lenny bruce new york comedian from the 1960s 50s 60s um 
who was basically the reason why we're able to say things out loud in comedy these days. Um, an amazing comedian. He was the the reason why I started watching it is because I'm I'm such a big Lenny Bruce fan. Um, the actor who plays him, Luke Kirby. I then went and watched a series called Rectify, which nobody has watched. Um, it's kind of like have you have you seen the series Leftovers? I have, yeah. Well, okay. So you know that feeling of like when you when you meet somebody who's seen the Leftovers and you're like, oh my god, you've seen the Leftovers. Nobody's seen the Leftovers. It's one of the best film or one of the best TV series ever made. Uh, Re- Rectify is that, but like ten times over. It's absolutely stunning. It's amazing. Um, I spent uh, maybe. Uh, like an embarrassingly short amount of time making my way through that that show I'd say maybe about a week and a half and it was one of the best television experiences I've ever had it's absolutely stunning if like if anyone out there has watched The Leftovers or even curious about this kind of slow burn character study sort of television I would 100% recommend Rectify um Huge shout out to Dave Hanratty, who's the only person, the only other person apart from you who I know who's seen this series uh, for putting up with me, sending him voice notes about my feelings <laughs> the whole time. Because <laughs> it is, it is a lot. Um, and Niall, I reckon you'd really like it. If if you like The Leftovers, I I, I reckon you'd really like oh, Le- it. That seems like a Christmas watching for yeah. me, I'd, uh, I'd say, you know. It's um, perfect for that, yeah. I've got a big list of things to watch this Christmas and I can't wait to do it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Oh. Um, anything else that I watch? Uh, I think those are the main things really, you know, that stuck with me. Uh, Cheer just gave me a big lift uh, earlier in the year when we were able, before the pandemic hit. And then, like, like it, this was the year of Tiger King and all that shit and, like, whatever about that. I mean, just that was so long complete ago. trash. <laughs> um, and you, it, it actually is a worthwhile thing go and look back at your Netflix viewing history I will say how do you just, do that I didn't know that you, you could do that if you go to Netflix and uh, log in on, on your desktop and then go to your account and then you can see mm. um, your view go to account and then go to viewing history it's all there uh, click the person you are in real life, uh, your viewing activity, you can see everything you've watched for the last however number of, of years you've been on it. Um, I have to say, I've been watching The Crown, uh, season four. Um, and I'm on season two. Season four is so good. It's so good. I'm like, not there I'm, yet. Denise won't yeah, let me skip ahead. That's fine. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't skip ahead because it, it's Charles and Diana in, in season four. Mm. It's but it's so well done. Uh, the actor, the actress, the actor who is in, uh, who plays Diana is uh, in Tenet as the main she character. Yeah, she looks nothing like herself. Um, I've seen a good haircut of her and a bit of prosthetics. And oh my can, god, she is Diana. She does the kind of the the look up, you know the yeah yeah. She nails that. It's brilliant. really good, really brilliant. really good. Um. Absolutely brilliant. So I've been, I'm enjoying the crown. I'm yeah. enjoying the crown. And like, um, what I love about it is, is it's not like overly sympathetic to the royals at all. No. Um, if anything, it's uh, quite harsh on them. And that's what us as Irish people would probably uh, be comfortable with, I, as you'd expect. I agree. I, 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 I was I was recommending the crown to a friend of mine recently and she was very reluctant because she was like, no, I don't want anything that kind of paints the royals as as heroes and i was like no if you watch it especially as an irish person 
it's it really isn't it's not it's not that vibe at all at all um yeah, i've i've got a is, there's a brilliant episode in in uh, season four which isn't really anything because it's based on reality is that uh somebody actually breaks into uh buckingham palace uh, uh, a guy breaks in twice in in reality this happened and they deal with it in such a beautiful dramatic way that's just like one of the best episodes of television i've watched in a long time awesome. really, really beautiful um so yeah, it was great. It was really, really good. So that was that's something I'm watching at the moment. Sweet. Would be so yeah, I'm just okay. brilliant. It's brilliant. I've got a couple of book reviews before we close out. Um my it's some books from twenty twenty that I really enjoyed. Uh the first is Ellen Coyne's Are You There God? It's Me Ellen, which I definitely recommended on the podcast before, but it is a um, the the story of uh, Ellen Coyne, who is a fantastic journalist, uh, Irish journalist, who uh, jur- or in in the run up to the Eighth Amendment re- referendum, which um, was trying to legalize abortion in Ireland or to separate the um, equivalency of the life of the mother with the life of 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 the baby in Ireland, more specifically. Um, and her, her dealing with the fact that she had come around to the idea that actually, yes, she was a Catholic and, and how she balances that with her feminism, with her allyship with the LGBT community and also just with her personal politics more generally. It's a it's an excellent read, um, especially if you are somebody who has attended Catholic schools, was brought up Catholic and has maybe left the church. It's a brilliant um introduction to what maybe not what mo- what what modern catholicism actually is but what it could be and i've never found myself rooting for catholics <laughs> more than after I, I i read this book it's it, it's an incredibly compassionate um and brilliantly written um just just go- gorgeous story and she she writes and speaks so eloquently and so honestly about her experiences and it was one of those books that when I closed it and when I finished it I just felt so grateful that somebody had shared their experience and I think that's what that's what you need from a, from a non-fiction book my other two books that I'm going to recommend um the first is um P- Piranesi uh by Susanna Collins or uh, excuse me uh Susanna Clark uh which is a fantastic not quite magical realism, but slightly magical realism book. Fans of uh, House of Leaves will love this, um, but it's not as difficult to read. And the other one is a book that isn't out just yet, um, but I was reading it in the past week and was completely blown away by it. And it's called The Betrayals by Bridget Collins, a terrific, fantastic book um, about a remote sort of uh, academy where this a uh, very mysterious thing called the grand jeu or the grand or the large the big game is played um it's not quite magical realism it's actually not magical realism at all uh, it's more to a philosophy and theology and mathematics and musicology and the role of the arts in a world that is uh slipping towards fascism and i fully fully recommend it um so those are my my book picks from 2020 
There's definitely other books that I've read in 2020 that I want to recommend just as much, but I don't remember them right now. So uh, fair enough. The, that you you recommended them uh, most weeks. Yes. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Ali Smith's seasonal quartet. I re- I this week, well, <laughs> yesterday in one sitting, read um, her spring novel from that quartet, and it was absolutely fantastic. Can't recommend it enough. Cool, great. Um, well, I'm currently reading a book that I'd like to recommend because I haven't finished it yet. It's Pat Crane's mm. Okay, Let's Do Your Stupid Idea. Winner um, of the Unpussed Irish Book Awards? I believe so, methods? yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it's very, very fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, as you'd expect, it's Patrick Crane. <clears throat> I, I, I'd forgotten in the past that I knew this fact that he grew up in Newbridge and County Kildare. Uh, like myself in the Kerr camp. Uh, he grew up in Newbridge like me um, and the first chapter starts when I was like, what? What's Aww. going on here? I about this. So immediately I was hooked but I was like, it's just, it's so funny. It's such a clip. It's, it, 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 it's funny but it delves into real emotional weight as well, a bit of familial stuff at the same time. Yeah. It And it moves in between those so quickly that I was just so impressed by that ability as well to be able to to really go deep into something that like would almost make you cry and then also make you laugh at the same time. Yeah. Um. I've I've only I've only read like thirty pages, but I already know it's going to be one of those things. I'm actually it's one of those books that I'm like holding off on reading the whole thing because I enjoying it so much. I'm just like I don't want to read it all right now. Oh, I love that pages. feeling. That's the best yeah. feeling. It's great. So <laughs> awesome. So. There you go. Um, that's it from uh, from me in terms of end of year stuff. I think that's it from both of us, really. That's it from um, me as I'd, well. Yeah, I think if we if you've got this far, let me just say, um, <laughs> thank you. Fair play to you. Um, we also, do ramble um, and we. This love is probably you the, this is sorry. the longest podcast we've ever done. I'd say. Um, oh God. But, uh, um, pause for the camera there. Say hello. Oh wait, hang on. You've got your Christmas hat on. Cheers! I'll put my Christmas beer up. Okay, that's our photo. Um, <laughs> happy Christmas, everybody. Um, if you've got this far, um, I am doing a Patreon uh, series at the moment. I'm on, I've done four so far. I'm on four of 12. It's 12 days of Christmas, 12 playlists of Christmas. So far, I put up best pop music of 2020. Full um, of bangers. New stuff, best of disco, um, best albums of 2020. I've got rap, dance, electronic, ambient, folk, and, and singer-songwriter, Corsi Andrea, um, best R&B and soul, best of rock. I've got Christmas uh, music. I've got maybe Italo, if I can fit it in there, if I don't have, <laughs> if I don't run out of uh, steam. Uh, mm. But I have more than 12 playlists already. So no, basically I'm posting. I've known you a few years now, and I, I, I don't claim to know you extremely well but I know you well enough to know that you are not the type of person that's going to run out of steam in terms of recommending music so fair fair <laughs> fair in, in terms of like uh, I was thinking about this today like it's been such a strange year in many ways like uh, you know the start of this year I had an office and people work with me most of the time most days and now You're I'm back in my bedroom me now. I don't have an office. It's fine. It's fine. I'm totally cool with it now. Do you know what I mean? I've accepted. Yeah. I'm in a place of acceptance. Yeah. And I hope you are all in a place of acceptance, whatever else happened with you. Because it has been a fucking weird year. It's yeah. been the weirdest year I've ever experienced in my adult life. Mm. And um, and I think given all that, I think we're all doing pretty well. We are doing pretty well. 
I think we're I all think so. managing enough. We're all getting sustenance and uh, entertainment and um, insights from from the art and music that we uh, love and experience. So, I, what else can you say? What else yeah. can you say? That's all we can really say. Is there so. is there anything you want to say to the listeners on this our last podcast of twenty twenty? Um, just look after yourself, really. <laughs> Yeah. I, you set me up for something else. No, just just <laughs> no, a little message it. to the listeners. That's it. I mean, I think uh, if anything, 2020 has taught me that uh, you need to work on yourself uh, mentally as much as you, you, you most people work on their uh, physical exercise. I've been doing that a lot this year. It's been really good. I feel, I, mean, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I had a weird year last year, um, a very strange year. Um, my life took a big turns. Um, yep. which I won't go into, but um, yeah, I'm in a good place and that's great and that's brilliant and that's all you can hope for and I'm a very positive person generally. You are. So I try to remain that way. Um, there's been some stuff on the internet this week that I've been dragged into, which I has nothing to do with me. So, nah, boo. You know, <laughs> boo. That kind of stuff. That kind <laughs> no. of stuff. So look. Fuck that. Um, just stay positive and uh, keep doing what you're doing and uh Look after yourself and that's all you can do, right? Yeah. And look from from me to the listener, I um it's kind of become a bit of a joke with me with Niall, where I I genuinely don't think about the fact that anybody listens to this podcast. Um and every now and then somebody messages me or somebody sends me a DM or an email even to say how much they enjoy it and in a year like this year that has that's meant quite a bit it really it really really has um and so I just I can't thank the listeners enough for for sticking with us in our rambly like feature length yeah. <laughs> podcasts uh, yeah it's, I it's think I only realized you know uh, when we were doing the Spotify podcast rap thing that like Spotify's uh, numbers weren't counted in the things that I we're sharing with you regularly. So I think we have about a thousand listeners on every episode. I yeah, which makes me um, feel strange. But also I love each of you dearly and um, especially the people that get in contact. It, it, it really is amazing. It's been a hard year um, for, yeah. for a lot of people. But um, from, from my perspective, I just think that I am so privileged to be in the position that I can not only consume and enjoy music um in the way that I do but also share it with people and I feel really really grateful for the platform to be able to do that so thank you so much yes I've had a drink um <laughs> but also you know this is it's I think it's tradition now where I just get upset at the end of the last podcast of the year about the <laughs> listeners and I, I I'm really really grateful uh for all of you for giving me uh, the the platform that I have to speak to you and to you and all for doing that as well so th thank you all for, for listening to us this year I hope you stick with us next year I reckon maybe five people have made it this far into the podcast so yeah, our friends <laughs> you you especially are our mates <laughs> Um, so thank you and I want to say thanks to you as well for being oh, and, such a great cause I've had so many messages this year about how great uh, you are and how like my dad sent me a message like uh, she's a star oh like, I didn't know that. Like that to me yeah only a few weeks ago we were talking Aww. after a Halloween one about devil music and stuff he was like he listened to it I'd say about four weeks Aww. later and he was like 
Andrea's a star. Oh my know god, that. that's um, made my And he's day. possibly listening to this now. Who knows? <laughs> Hello, Mr. Byrne. Nice Robert. to meet you. I wouldn't Robert. dare call him Robert. Oh my goodness. No. Anyway, no look, Ro- we should wrap we should we should wrap this up before we both upset ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's it from us this year. We'll be back next year with more <laughs> podcast business. Um, thank you, Andrea. Thank you, Niall. Thank you, all the listeners. And thank you, everybody who's been listening this year. And uh, uh, to 2021, to hopefully t- it's a better one. And it, fuck it you, 2020. You sucked. You let us down. You were the worst. I hate you. Uh, Primavera are finishing the year by doing a, a live stream on New Year's Eve called Fuck You 2020. Love so that. Love going that. out with that energy um, this year. Yeah. Fuck that this is it from us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, Lord. I'm a drunk person now at this stage. <laughs> <laughs>